Thank you, God. Shabakaramasa. Let's grab our seats again. Thank you, Father. I got an old song going through my head. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, come on, you can help me. I'll sing your praise, the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Come on, stand up, let's sing it. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the Forever I'll love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. Hallelujah. Well done, grab a seat. Hallelujah. Mm. I start worshipping and... Aramasa. We, um, we are experiencing church growth, not just spiritual births, but natural as well. We have, we have the joy of welcoming today little Judah Nathan Damonopoulos. Welcome. He was born on, what, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday. Hallelujah. Beautiful boy. So lovely. So congratulations to Nathan, Susie. Just so exciting! I, I think Dee and had another had a baby, and we've got babies all over the place coming. Hallelujah! So uh, we we can have some baby dedications in a while. I think. Yay. Praise the Lord! It's a good sign. We'll take it prophetically. That uh, natural and spiritual births. You know, the Bible actually says, "Ask for rain in the time of rain," which is an unusual statement, isn't it? You know, it's raining, so he says, "Ask for rain." But, you know, it's an invitation from God. He's saying, recognize what I'm doing. And if you see what I'm doing, then I want you to get on board and begin to, to push on it and say, more, Lord. Because what he's saying is my heart desire is to pour it out. And he's just looking to see if you want it. He comes and he starts raining. goes, do you like that? Do you like that? You go, oh, yeah. He's waiting for you to go, oh, more, Lord. You know, we are recognizing that God is sovereignly moving in our nation, in our city, in our church. Yes? So we want to ask for more. And I don't want to just do that politely. I just want to take a moment. Let's ask for more souls. Now, I've just been weeping over souls. We've had many uh, people just getting a fresh burden for souls. If you've never been out uh, 
with the evangelism teams. It doesn't matter if you're an outgoing personality or not. I encourage you to go because it is so easy. The fish are jumping into the boat. It's just remarkable. And it's good for your soul. It's just you, you want to you start coming alive. You're feeling a bit dry. Go and share your faith. You know, it, it'll set you on fire, set you alight. But let's just pray for a moment. Lift up our voices. And what I want to do is I want you to pray for the lost, those that don't yet know Jesus, those that you know that you're praying for in your family, and those you don't know that God is longing to bring into his kingdom in our city. Can we take just a couple of moments? I want you to, with one accord, to lift up your voices and cry out to God with a loud voice for their salvation. Can we do that? Let's do it. One, two, three. Father God, we're asking for salvation for our city. Lord, I lift up my family's members. I lift up, Lord, those that don't know you. Come, Lord. I lift them up to you. God, we call out their, their names and we say, yes, Lord, bring them to Christ. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the ministry of reconciliation. Bring us together, Lord. Hover over them, Lord God. Hover over them with your spirit. I thank you. You who've begun a good work in them, you're going to carry it through to completion. Lord, we cry out. We ask, Father, for more Muslims and refugees, Lord, to be saved. Lord, we're asking for more. God, we're asking for more family members to have a revelation of your holiness, of your life, of your goodness, of your kindness. I declare it's easy for them to come into the kingdom. Lord, that you've made the way. Lord, I thank you for divine appointments that you set them up oh God Lord that you are anointing your people Lord God to share the gospel Lord you've given us shoes of the gospel of peace Lord to go out and to share the good news of Christ Lord I I declare Lord you are drawing them to yourself by your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ everybody said amen thank you I am I don't want to have a church that is, uh, you know, just politely doing a little golf clap every time someone goes out and brings people to Jesus. I want you praying for the lost because I want to be, you know, I want to be aware of the times and the seasons. I don't want to look back in 10 years and go, oh, wow, there was really was a move of God back then. I want to be in it, boots and all right now. And I want to cooperate with Jesus. You see, if you recognize that God's moving, like, like Peter, he was the only one that got to walk on water because he recognized what, that what he was seeing God doing was not just something to be applauded, but it was a divine invitation to be involved with. Everybody else saw it and went, whoa. Peter saw it and recognized it was an invitation to join him. God is issuing an invitation to all of us, hallelujah, to be fishers of men. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Father, for your grace. I think I've done everything I need to do. Thank you, God. Yes, that's awesome. I'm going to share some Bible with you. This is a good book, I tell you what. Who's been enjoying the Word of God? So good, so good. We're... um, I'm just in awe of God's majesty. I, I spent some time this afternoon. Um, I like, I love to just spend time with God and to get alone with Him, our wonderful Jesus who knows us and understands us. And I loved what uh, Judy shared tonight from the Passion, the Psalm there, Psalm 45, about our knowable God. It really struck me. You know, we have a God that is not. A concept or an idea, but we have a knowable God. 
It's a divine invitation into revelational intimacy with Jesus that we can have relationship with God that when we worship God we're not worshiping a concept or God who who we believe in with our head that we know did that for us that was a nice thing so he deserves worship so I'm going to worship him that is that is not what our relationship is supposed to look like Yet that's where many of us live, where we we live, I know Jesus did this for me, I'm grateful for it, we're saved, we've received him as saviour, but we worship him as like, yes, you did that, that's good, so I'm going to give you because you deserve it, but not actually having supernatural revelation that he is not a distant God, but our knowable God who every day wants to bring fresh revelation of himself. Now, in Matthew chapter 16, uh, Jesus came to Caesarea. I'm not going to read it right now. but And in the region, people were saying all sorts of things about him. And Jesus said to the disciples, who do, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, they say this. They say, some say you're a prophet. Some say you're Elijah. And then Jesus looked at them and said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. And then Jesus said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. You know, there's a supernatural revelation that happened that you're not just Jesus that we know about. You're the Messiah. You are Jesus. And you know, God wants to give every one of us fresh bread every day, revelation, understanding by the Spirit of God making the reality of who Christ is ever increasingly real to us. He, the knowable God, is every day wanting to make himself so real to you that when you worship you can't help but be overwhelmed. And you can't work up emotion about God. I'm not asking you to do that, but I am asking you to begin to cry out for help, that the Holy Spirit, the helper, would reveal Christ to you in ever-increasing ways so that when you go to worship him, you are seeing this one who willingly laid down his life for us. You know, the Bible says here in in Romans chapter 5, you can turn there with me if you like. It's such a great passage. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hooray. That's pretty good. Living in peace. We We have the great grace of God that by faith we can have peace in every single circumstance. If you've got any circumstances going on that is not currently flooded by peace, God just wants you to exercise your faith. That's what it says. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Remember, hope is the joyful anticipation of good. Now, hope, the joyful anticipation of good, does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I just want to share a little bit about that scripture tonight. You know, many of you uh, will have heard my testimony, but when I was just 12 years old, I was on a youth camp and everybody was lifting up their hands, worshiping. I believed in God. I knew he uh, was real. I believed that he was real. But I didn't have any connection with him was the best way I could explain it. And I just got real with God in the midst of all the worship while everyone was singing, lifting their hands, as you do. I thought, that's the thing you do. And I just got real with him. I said, Lord, I can't see you and I don't know you. And it's really hard to worship somebody I can't see and I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to, to just do a function and, and worship a concept. Do you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I was, I, as a child, I was just saying, you know, God, I know, I know you're real, but I can't see you and I don't know you. And it's just, it's hard to worship when I can't see you and I don't know you. Help me. And right in the worship there, the Spirit of God made Christ real to me. He made him real to me. Not just somebody I believed in with my head, but he made him real to me on the inside. Now, that happens in different ways for everybody because he is so personal. He's such a personal God. You know, if you're waiting for an angelic visitation, I'm not suggesting that that has to happen. But God wants by his Holy Spirit to make Christ real to you. You know, Jesus was so excited about the Holy Spirit coming. He said, it's better that I go away because this is going to be so amazing for you. He is going to bring to you, uh, he's the spirit of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He is the spirit of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he is going to take what is mine and show it to you. And what he's going to do is actually make the love of God Like it says here, his Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit of Jesus is going to come and shed that love abroad in your heart by his spirit in such a way that you cannot help but be undone by his love. And then Paul prays that we would know this love that passes knowledge. He says, you need the Holy Ghost for this. You need strength to be able to comprehend how much it is because it will overwhelm you and undo you. And he says, but ask for help. Ask for strength because God not only wants to touch you and undo you, he wants to fill you with all the fullness of God. That's a divine invitation you don't want to miss. I think this is better preaching than you're actually reacting. This is like, whoa, that's exciting. I started praying the apostolic prayer there in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. Just, I dug into it. I knew that the Bible said that if anything I ask according to the will of God, I could have. So that's the will of God for me. So I prayed it for three months every day. I put it on tape. That's how long ago it was. 
And every day I'd pray this in faith, believing God was going to do this for me. And he did. And you know, I still pray that all the time. I pray it for you. Because God doesn't want us to have one day where we don't have a fresh revelation of the reality of who he is. This knowable God. He doesn't want us ever to have to stand at the altar and go, I worship you, I worship you, I can't see you, I don't know you, but I worship you. You know, He loves that, he honors that, but he wants to make himself real to you. Even when you feel dry, even when you feel in such a tough place, God knows how to come and undo the knots and bring you peace that passes understanding. He supernaturally by his spirit, wants to come as a love letter to you and woo you to Jesus. His spirit sheds his love for us. This is so cool. His spirit sheds his love for us abroad in our hearts so that every day we can grow in our understanding of how great this love of God is for us, that he's lavished on us. So that every day when you go to worship him, you can have a tangible connection with God. He's not looking for you to peer hard and try to find him, but he's asking you to access his glory by faith. We have access to this glory realm by the faith he's already given us. You don't have to try and muster it up or find it. You just have to exercise it. Sometimes I'll just begin to think about the truth. I mean, I've been watching with a family, an extended family. I've got a few people living with me at the moment and I love it. It's wonderful. We've been watching that Bible series Anybody seen that on the TV? You have to record it. It goes so late. Um, now, if you don't be Pharisaical, if it's if it's uh, you're concerned that it's not absolutely accurate, it's on secular TV and it's encouraging people to look at the Bible. Like, hello, this is awesome. Ha! Ah, you know. If you want to get critical about something, get critical about underbelly or something yucky. Don't get critical about something that's going to cause people to want to... I don't know if that's right. I'm going to look in the Bible. It's even got ads for the Bible app. Hello. So anyway, we record it. And when we get the opportunity, you have a look at it. Don't get pharisaical. Just love me anyway. But I was... I was watching the last one that they had on and Jesus being born in Bethlehem and then growing up and being baptized and being tempted in the wilderness. And just the picture that, you know, the beginning to actually try and imagine what it would have been like for him. Being tempted with the opportunity to not have to suffer. And yet... It brought it home. He really did have a choice. He did not have to do this for us. He did not have to go through it. He knew full well 
what he came to do and what was in store. And yet he deliberately chose to suffer and die because he loved you more than life. I just let that thought really hit me today. He had a choice. He didn't have to die for me. He had a real choice, a really real choice. And he chose, he chose to let them put the nails through his hands. He chose to let them whip him. He chose to be punished and shamed and humiliated. He chose to do it because he had you in mind. Think about that for a moment. And he becomes so much more real. When you read the word of God, asking the spirit of God to shed his love abroad in your heart, he becomes so much more real to us because the Spirit's work, the Spirit of truth is continuously wanting to reveal Jesus to us. I put that song on repeat that um, in the presence of angels with Roy Fields that we were singing tonight. Just put it on repeat. And I began to pray in the Spirit, praying in tongues. You know, the Bible says that when we pray in tongues, when we pray in an unknown tongue, that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of Jesus prays through us the perfect will of God for us. And you know, embedded in His perfect will is always that we would know Him more and have our eyes enlightened in knowing Him and His glory and the truth of who He is. He is awakening us to the truth that we are seated with Him in heavenly places. We're not distant from Him, but we can come before the very throne of grace and worship Him in reality. That we don't have to, to hope one day to be able to, one day when I get to heaven, I'll be able to worship Jesus before the throne. He says, you now have access by faith right now to worship Jesus before his throne. It's worth doing. God, what? And, you know, as you take time, you know, you might think, well, I don't know if it's my imagination or not. I tell you, I'm going to set you free right now. Your imagination was given to you by Jesus. He wants to come and write on the screen of your imagination. If you're imagining him in heaven being glorified, the angels singing holy, you begin to imagine that it's a doorway in which God will come and make himself real because your faith will be released. Let me help you. Your imagination, your heart doesn't actually know really whether it's true or not when you're imagining something, which is why the Bible says guard your heart with all diligence because if you start having evil, lustful thoughts to your heart, it's real. And pretty soon out of your heart's going to come the action. So if you begin imagining Jesus crucified for you, imagining whatever it is, your faith begins to go there. Ah, it's true. And as your faith begins to go there, the spirit of truth comes and he makes him real to you and you begin to encounter him in amazing, glorious ways. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. But scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We can read that and go, oh yes. He did it. He did it for those he knew would never even respect him for what he did. He did it. He did it anyway because he loved us. He wanted to give us everyone opportunity. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled shall we be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus uh, Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. That word reconciliation is not just something positionally that's happened. That is a very real word. That means that you and he have now become one. You and he are now in fellowship. You can come boldly before the throne of grace by faith. So when you worship, you don't have to think, oh, he's off distant, I'm going to try and worship him. Boldly you can come and you can worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That same Jesus, that very same Jesus who came as a man and walked on the earth, who still has holes in his hands and holes in his feet. That one wants to make himself real to you right now. That one. The Holy Spirit so wants to make him real to you. He's not looking for the wisest, the noble, those who can climb the mountains and do the exploits. He is looking for those who by faith will approach him. He is looking for those who by faith will come and bow at his feet and give him thanks. You know, I... I remember once, just in my early 20s, I was a backup singer in church and I'd sing, you know, backup. And I was singing away one day. I was also a music teacher, so I was conscious of harmonies and stuff like that. And a little bit picky about my music too. Like, I like it this way, I don't like it. If someone's singing off key, you know, anybody else get a little bit frustrated like that. You and me, John, we understand each other. He's a music teacher too. <laughs> uh, we understand. You know, I have to ask for special grace if I'm standing next to somebody who's singing off key. I do. Oh God, bearing with one another's weaknesses. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just being honest. <laughs> but here I was, I was singing, concentrating on finding that harmony. And the Lord spoke to me. And I knew in my heart that I was grieving him. Not because he doesn't love excellence, but because I was singing about him as though he wasn't right there. 
I was singing, I worship you, I worship you, I'm looking for the sound, worship you, I worship... It's like, who are you talking to? And right then, that point, I decided I never want to sing another song without an awareness that I am singing it to my knowable God, to my Jesus who is right here. You know, God began to pour a reverential awe of God into my life. I never, ever want to sing. I just, I love you, Lord, you're great, you're great, and not be aware of who I'm singing it to. The Holy Spirit wants to so enlighten your eyes that you see him in ever-increasing ways. Paul wrote this in Ephesians chapter 1 to a church who already had encountered him, who'd already had a revelation of Jesus, who already had connection with him. He was praying, I pray this for you. I get on my knees and I pray this for you, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would enlighten the eyes of your understanding in the knowledge of him that you would truly know him in ever-increasing ways, that your worship would never be dull, it would never be a, a form, it would forever be you and him. Connected. Worshiping in spirit and truth. The Spirit of God surrounding us, revealing the love of God to us so we can't help but melt. I love the way the Passion Translation puts Psalm 23. Fear will not conquer me, for you already have. This is available to everyone, every one of us. But he's waiting, he's waiting for you to begin to ask. I tell you, if you've tasted a little bit, ask for rain in the time of rain. If you go, oh, that's nice, I'm enjoying that. Recognize this is a divine invitation into absolute bliss. The Bible says that, that in his presence is absolute joy, fullness of joy, more joy than you have capacity to be able to experience. But many don't even, don't even eat what's been prepared for us. So I've prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And we, we fail so often to even take advantage of the peace and the joy and the love and the delight that God himself, wrapping us around us with his spirit, the spirit of truth, ha. Ah, helping us to worship in spirit and truth as we partake of this love, this table that he's put before us, experiencing his presence, not in a, not in a, a, a little way, but with the fullness of his presence, flooding us and filling us with light and joy and freedom. <sighs> and yet we've got our lives to get along with. We'll do that occasionally. 
He says, I came that you might have life and life more abundant than you can even comprehend. I want to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope or imagine. I wonder if he gets satisfied. You see, my, jo- my, my son, Joseph, his love language is gifts. When someone gives him a thoughtful gift that they know, they've thought about him and they give him a gift, he treasures that so much because it's his love language. It's what he likes to do. He loves to give gifts. He takes a long time thinking about, ever since he was teeny tiny, he not, he'll think about the details of what they'll like and he, not, he loves to give a good gift. He just really, it's important to him that, that you, know, you don't just give something, it's really something that they'll really want. And he gets joy in the giving and in the receiving. God has this incredible gift for us every day. He speaks all of the love languages really well he is love tell you what seriously you need to pray for help to be able to comprehend this love because otherwise you are missing out on a table laden with his blessing of love and freedom and joy incredible absolute joy Love that is so intense and glorious that you'll be crying and not know why you are, but you just don't want to stop because you're in his presence. You'll be laughing. You'll be whatever he wants to do in your heart. God doesn't want you to have just every, every now and then encounters with him. He wants you. He is inviting you to abundant life. Imagine if, if, you know, someone had gone, a gift giver had gone and gone to so much trouble to give you a gift and you'd only opened up the batteries or just a little part of the gift. They'd be like, what up with the rest? Have you ever seen someone really excited about what they're giving you? Every day, God has good things for you, fresh bread for you. He says, pray, ask me for it, come on. I want to give it to you. Your daily bread, every day I have more love than you can cope with. Every day I have more peace, more joy than you can handle. Just ask me. And we forget. I love what they're doing in the UK actually. Uh, Pastor Phil's phone rings at 12 o'clock midday every day. I said, what's that? And someone set up in the UK uh, that we would pray the Lord's Prayer, that that everyone in the UK, all the Christians, regardless of denomination, would pray at 12 o'clock the Lord's Prayer. How powerful. I can. we should do that. So he sets this alarm that goes off every day at 12 o'clock, 12 noon, and we stop and we pray the Lord's Prayer. We've been doing it with you, haven't we? It's awesome. But in that prayer, we're praying... It's so powerful. I pray that prayer almost every day myself going through it. It contains everything. It's so amazing. But God wants to give it to you. He so wants to feed you. He so wants to delight you. Amen? I'm just going to pray.
Father, I thank you for your precious presence. Lord, I'm so grateful for your presence, Lord. Father, I ask, Lord, that you'd come and that you really would shed your love abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Father, I'm asking that you would make yourself so real to people tonight. And Lord, that it would be, you'd birth in them a hunger to press and to see that there is so much more. Lord, I'm asking that they would be awakened to the life that you have for them, the everlasting, abundant life, that not one of us would live not fully receiving with great thanks and gratitude the abundance of what you have laid out for us every day. God, I ask that you forgive us, Lord, where we've ignored and not 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 received with thanks that which you have for us day by day. Lord, help us. We want to be fully awake. We want to know the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, the saints. We want to know the greatness of the power toward us who believe. We want to say, thank you, Lord. Help us to eat from your table, Lord. Hallelujah.